host of Practical Torah, a show of Rebirth Radio. Each week we will reflect on the Torah reading, pulling out inspiration and wisdom for our everyday lives. This week's Torah reading is from Genesis chapter 27, verses 1 to 29, and our focus will be Rebecca and her role in the birthright going to Jacob. So, to accurately examine what is happening in Genesis chapter 27, we need to rewind to the birth of Esau and Jacob. Genesis chapter 25, verses 22 to 26 states, The babies jostled each other within her, and she said, Why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of Yah. The sermon comes when we inquire of Yah. See, some of us have issues in our bodies connected to stress, anxiety, or issues in our emotions, but can we actually discern what is happening? You cannot really get healing or get through life if you cannot discern what is going on not only around you, but in you. Some of us are experts at discerning what is happening with everyone else and discerning what's going on with everyone else. But when it comes to what is going on inside of our will, spirit, soul, emotions, mind, we really can't discern. Back to Rebecca. I actually believe that she discerned inherently while she was pregnant that Esau was not right to carry on the birthright. And this was not just regular parental favoritism. Um, But when we fast forward and see that Esau sells his birthright for a bowl of soup, and then according to Genesis chapter 25, verse 34, he um, despises his birthright, it shows that he didn't value his position, birthright, or even bloodline, especially when he goes on to marry non-Hebrew women. So, was the matriarch Rebecca, mother of Jacob and Esau, wife of Isaac, a deceiver? Remember, again, in Genesis 25, verses 29 to 34, we read this incident that happened. Once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. This is why he was also called Edom. Edom is actually what means red, um, not necessarily Esau. Esau more so means doer. But Edom was a nickname for him. Just like, you know, in our in the African-American community, we may call certain people red bones as a nickname. Jacob replied, first sell me your birthright. Look, I am about to die, Esau said. What good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank and then got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. See, many of us may be tempted to see Esau as this victim of this so-called deception, but he, he despised his birthright. And sometimes when you despise the gifts that Yah gave you, 
you will go about in the world with no care or value for what Yah gave you, and you might actually lose it. Yes, Esau would have allowed Isaac to bless him and hand him the birthright that he had already sold to his brother Jacob. Esau despised his birthright and gave it away. So was Rebekah wrong for making sure the person who it was sold to and who would have valued it received it? Rebekah and Isaac are grieved by the wives Esau took. When we, we read this in Genesis 26, starting at verse 34. When Esau was 40 years old, he married Judith, daughter of Barai the Hittite, and also Basneth, daughter of Elon the Hittite. They were a source of Greek grief to Isaac and Rebekah. If we continue to read, Esau takes Ishmaelite wives because he knew that the Hittite ones vexed his parents. I believe he took those wives because he knew they vexed his parents. Maybe because Ishmael was also a son of Abraham. He was trying to get right with his parents by taking them. But I honestly think because of how the scripture reads, um, he despised his birthright that um, he's actually um, getting at his parents to vex him by now taking Ishmaelite women instead of just going and getting women of his own stock. Genesis 28 Starting at verse 6 states, Now Esau learned that Isaac had blessed Jacob and had sent him to Padan Aram to take a wife from there, and that when he blessed him, he commanded him, Do not marry a Canaanite woman, and that Jacob had obeyed his father and mother and had gone to Padan Aram. Esau then realized how displeasing the Canaanite women were to his father Isaac. So he went to Ishmael and married Mahalath, the sister of Neboath, and daughter of Ishmael, son of Abraham, in addition to the wives he already had. So again, maybe he was trying to do better because at least Ishmael came from Abraham, though Ishmael um, was not of the same stock as Isaac and Rebekah. But if we, we could look at the text and say he might have even been trying to prod his parents even more. So the question for this week's Torah study is, was Rebecca wrong for helping Jacob? So again, Esau had a huge character issue. And honestly, the covenant would not have lasted if it was passed to him. He didn't even know the right women to marry. And many don't think a Hebrew woman's womb matters, but a Hebrew woman's womb and her raising Hebrew children does matter because usually culture is passed from mother to children, though fathers are very important. But now we've gone to the other side in the Hebrew community where we think just, you know, no Hebrew mother is needed to make a Hebrew child. That is not true. So was Rebecca evil, manipulative, sneaky, etc.? Or was she a matriarch protecting the covenant? Esau's wives proved he didn't value his birthright and frankly didn't deserve it. Remember, when we first meet Rebecca, when her and I, when, um, her and Isaac, well, not Isaac, but when Rebecca and Eleazar, who's kind of the matchmaker for Rebecca and Isaac, see each other, she exhibits hard work with the well test or the camel test, um, giving water to all those camels carrying so many gallons of water. But she also exhibited wisdom during this camel test by 
um, putting the water jug down and not letting Eleazar drink from her shoulder, which would have kind of looked like some romantic stuff was going on. She also exhibited discernment during her pre pregnancy, you know, knowing that these two babies were jostling and that something was up. So let's examine the story of Jacob and Esau from Rebecca's perspective. Why didn't Rebecca just talk to Isaac? He was head over heels in love with her, so wouldn't he have blessed the child she wanted blessed? Well, let's remember what Yah tells Rebecca in Genesis 25, verses 22 to 26, during her pregnancy. Um, Rebecca is told by Yah that the older Esau will serve the younger Jacob. So when we look at this Torah portion through the eyes of Rebecca, when we look at Genesis 27:45, we see that Rebecca tells Jacob that he has to go away for what he did to Esau. She didn't say what we did. She didn't say what I did. She said what you did. And Jacob, you know, didn't um, push back on her when she said for what you did. This is how the verse reads. When your brother is no longer angry with you and forgets what you did to him, I'll send word for you to come back from there. Why should I lose both of you in one day? So let's back up to Genesis 27:12 and read what the text actually says, not what we think it says. And as we're studying the Torah this year, it's going to be extremely imperative that you read the scripture for what it actually says. Not what you've been taught it says, not what you think it says. Like many people will say, oh, Esau means red, definitely. No, Edom means red. Esau actually means doer. So Esau had nicknames that noted his redness, but Esau as the name didn't mean that. And so again, you know, and some of you may be offended by that because you're like, no, Esau means red. Look up what Esau means in the Hebrew and look up what Edom means. And don't just Google the first thing you found, but actually Google Esau and red or Edom and red and really go to the Hebrew, not just someone telling you what it means. Because I did this test myself, and even I was surprised that Esau meant doer, not red, but that Esau had two nicknames that meant red. So in Genesis 27:12, Jacob says to his mother, but my brother Esau is a hairy man while I have smooth skin. What if my father touches me? I would appear to be tricking him and would bring down a curse on myself rather than a blessing. If you read this verse in the King James Version, if you read it in the NIV, I read it in a couple of versions. It says I will appear to be tricking him. It doesn't say I will be tricking him. So why did Jacob say it will appear I am tricking him? And not he will find out that I'm tricking him. Now, this is a conversation between Rebecca and Jacob. So if they were up to no good and trying to trick Isaac, there would be no need to lie and say, I will appear to be tricking him. He could just flat out say, he'll find out I was tricking him. When you look at this verse in the Hebrew, it is translated either I would seem or I would appear to be tricking him. And again, back to Esau's name. There is a clue in the names of Esau. When examining the text in Hebrew, it says that both Rebekah and Isaac named Esau. But when it came to Jacob's name in the Hebrew, we see that only Isaac named Jacob. Esau means doer, and he is a hunter. He's outside. He's active. 
Jacob means hill because he was holding his brother's hill. And maybe Rebecca didn't like this name for Jacob because hill is kind of crooked. Um, in some cultures, hill means you're kind of a shady person, you're a corny person. But in any case, when Jacob was being named, she didn't give her blessing. She just stayed silent. And she let Isaac name him Hill. Later, Yah renamed Jacob as Israel, which redeems his identity. And you know sometimes, you know, when you're agreeing with someone on something and you're, you're in total agreement, you'll be quick to say, yeah, girl, that's right. Yeah, brother, that's a good idea. And then sometimes someone brings something to you and you don't agree, but you don't want to start an argument or hurt their feelings, so you just go silent. That's kind of like what's happening when Jacob and Esau's named. When Esau's name, Rebecca's all in. When Jacob's name, she's silent. So again, Edom means red or hairy, as does Sir, not Esau, though many have been taught this. The two nicknames of Esau, Edom and Sir, are both obvious in meaning and have to do with Esau's looks, red and hairy. His proper name, however, is not as easily derived. Jones' Dictionary of Old Testament Proper Names reports that there was once a root Esau that meant to be hairy and refers to an existing Arabic verb that means just that. Hence, Jones translates with covered hair in the N-O-B-S-E study Bible name list reads hairy. However, the regular Hebrew word for hair in the Bible is seer. This noun also yields the name seer, and a Hebrew audience would probably have a much stronger association to the very common Hebrew verb asa, meaning to do or accomplish. Note, for instance, the wordplay in Deuteronomy 2.29, meaning as have done, to me, the sons of Esau. To a Hebrew reader, Esau's name would have meant to do or accomplish, not hairy or red. But his nicknames, Edom and Seir, would have meant red and hairy. Esau was a doer. Jacob was not seen as this by his father, but he was kind of seen as a second class or a hill. And you know, in certain cultures, when men are not outdoorsy and they're not um, hunting, they're not playing sports, they're really not seen as men. And that's a bad, you know, stereotype because there can be people who are exhibiting true manhood that don't like to be outside. And there could be somebody playing basketball all day when they should be doing other things um, that's in line with manhood. But we sometimes will boost up athletes over someone who is maybe a professor. But that type of stuff doesn't make you a man or not. When we read Genesis 25 closely, we have to read what it says and not what we were taught it said. Genesis 25:25 in the King James Version says, And the first came out red all over like an hairy garment, and they called his name Esau. The word does not say because he was red and hairy he was called Esau. It says, And they called him Esau. Again, we have to read what's in the scripture, not mentally read the words with our eyes but jump to a conclusion because we've already been taught what is in the scripture you have that's why you have to pray and ask the ruach for wisdom when you read the word so many of us have been programmed with what the word is saying that when we open our our scriptures it's hard for Yah to show us what's really going on because we already know the answers versus someone who was raised like in a culture without the bible and they're reading the scripture fresh or the Torah fresh, they can sometimes learn more than us because they don't have presuppositions of what the word says. So Esau came out and developed, 
He, Esau kind of came out developed with hair and color like a little man. So they named him Doer, like you're grown, boy. You ever seen some big, most babies all have this type of look. Even um, people who grow up to be very dark skinned as a baby, they may come out light. All babies just have this generic cute look and usually they'll develop their particular look and features later. I love to see like when babies become toddlers and then you kind of see their features, their personality. But most babies have like a generic look. But some babies come out, they got a head full of hair, they have their features, you can see what parent they look like out the gate. And that's kind of like what Esau came out as, like a little man, like how we say manish. So you're naming him doer because he's coming out the womb like he's ready to go. Remember, the names of Jacob and Esau are very important. Again, if you want to get more clarity on what Esau's name means, Google Esau and Doer, and you will get to the right definition. When we closely reread Genesis 27, we find that Rebekah did not plan a deception, but it becomes that when Jacob goes to his father. Genesis 27 verses 6 to 10 states that Rebekah overhears Isaac asking Esau to hunt to make a meat mill, and Rebekah, because she overhears this goes to Jacob and tells him to do the same now Rebecca tells Jacob to make a mill she never said deceive your father she said like Esau show your father you are a doer by bringing this meat mill impress your father go to your father and make a case as a man she wanted Jacob to show his father he could do like Esau so she's not saying go deceive your father but when she's trying to tell him to prepare the mill even though she gets you know, the animal meat. When she's telling him to put on the hair, we have to also understand in some cultures when men are not hairy, they're not considered men. Um, when she's telling him to put on Esau's clothes, maybe as the older and the favored, he had more adult clothes than Jacob that was inside the tent. So what Rebecca's trying to do is get Jacob to man up. Rebecca, as Jacob's mother, who was discerning who her sons were, from the womb and who got a word from Yah about her sons was trying to make Jacob walk in his destiny. And sometimes we can see a destiny for someone and get so excited about it that we're trying to push them into it before they're ready for it. So maybe when Jacob says, it will seem in his eyes that I'm deceiving him, it is about Jacob presenting himself as a doer not about him presenting himself as Esau. And Rebecca says, if that happens, I will take the curse. Rebecca is urging Jacob not to deceive, but to show his dad he is a doer by standing up to Isaac, which may impress him. But there is a chance Isaac can get mad at this, not because of deceit, but maybe mad because Jacob is coming to him boldly asking for the blessing. And remember, Esau already sold his birthright to Jacob for a bowl of soup, so it would have been dishonest on Esau to allow Isaac to bless him and give him the birthright when he already sold it. So a lot of times we're looking at Jacob and Rebecca as these great deceivers, but if I sell my car and then someone comes back that, you know, maybe brought my car from online and they're like, oh, um, you know, did someone steal your car? I'm going to give it back to you and I take it. Plus I took the profit from who I sold it to. I'm being deceptive. Esau already sold his birthright. 
So, did Rebecca tell Jacob to deceive, or did Jacob on his own decide to deceive? Now, don't think about what you were told about the story. Just read what's in the text. In Genesis 27:12, again we read, Perhaps my father will fill me, and I shall seem to be mocking him, and bring a curse on myself and not the blessing. Jacob says his father will fill his smooth skin, which is associated to many with being feminine. Even today, if a brother can't grow a beard, some will, you know, get on him and joke on him. Maybe Rebecca is trying to get Jacob to be more confident by putting on new clothes and putting on hair. You know, um, especially the sisters, some of y'all, you know, a new outfit or a new hairdo can just skyrocket your confidence on a surface level. But we all know that clothes and um, new hairstyles can't really get you actual confidence inside. And, you know, Jacob put on those clothes, but when when Isaac asked him, who are you, he deceived because he wasn't really confident inside. And that's a lesson to all of us that you can change the outer appearance, but if you don't work with Yah to get confidence on the inside, you may walk you know, on Wall Street with a three-piece suit and someone asks you, who are you, you know, and you just say, oh, I'm someone who got a GED because you're still stuck in that um, lack of confidence. So we got to not only change the outer appearance, we got to make sure we're allowing y'all to give us true confidence, which comes from inside. Neither Jacob or Rebecca says, okay, let's deceive Isaac. Jacob says, it will seem I am mocking him, like my father may think I am playing games that's different than deception. This is why we got to read the text as it is, not as people taught it. Why did she give him Esau's clothes? Well, maybe Esau had nicer clothes as the elder, as I said earlier. Rebecca is doing a lot for Jacob so he can act like a man, but he is not a doer yet. And this is why when Isaac asked Jacob, here am I, who are you, my son? At this point, Jacob could have said, I am Jacob, and I'm coming for my blessing. But instead, he decided to say, I am Esau. Did Rebecca ever say, go inside and say you're Esau? When a father asks a son, who are you, my son? That's a deep question. When Yah, as our father, asks, who are you, Johnson? Who are you, only love? Who are you, Brandon, whatever your name is, at different times in your life, situations are going to come where Yah is presenting you with a question, who are you? And you will have to have your identity firmly rooted in Yah to be able to answer. Some of us, if our Heavenly Father asked us, who are you, we wouldn't really know how to answer. We would probably say what our profession is. We would probably say our race. We might say I'm in Hebrew. We might say I'm from the tribe of Judah. I'm from the tribe of Gad. Um, if it's my African family, you might say, well, I'm from this tribe in this country. But th that's not really who you are at the core. And the question that Isaac asked Jacob is a question we all have to answer. Who are you? See, you can have a loving mother like Rebecca who gives you all the tools to step up into manhood or womanhood. You can have a father who's asking you a question, but if you don't know who you are, if your identity has not been rendered by Yah and revealed to you, then you will not be able to answer and you might say you're someone else. 
in order to take on someone else's identity. I see that a great deal. Some people, the way they answer the question, who are you, is by being someone else, doing what someone else is doing, instead of knowing who y'all made them to be and standing in that. See, when, when we fast forward and Jacob is wrestling with Yah, and he gets his new name, Israel, he's wrestling because Yah is trying to give him a new identity. But at the end of that wrestle, if Isaac would have walked up and said, who are you, my son? I believe Jacob, though he might have been hobbling, would have stood up and said, I am Israel. And today, the descendants of Israel... We have a bazillion names, just like Jacob's name, Hill. We have, you know, Negro, Color, African-American, Tribal names, Ga, Ibu, you know, Ewe. We have all these names. Some of them names that colonialists gave because they didn't know how to pronounce our people's tribe. We have so many names. Everyone's asking, who are you? And many of us truly can't answer. Just saying I'm a Hebrew, I'm a Hebrew Israelite, that's actually part of the answer but who are you uniquely who did y'all create you to be and so Rebecca wasn't planning to deceive Isaac she was trying to get Isaac to step up and under pressure Isaac lied now maybe Rebecca was trying to get Jacob to change too soon maybe Isaac should not have had favorites because kids rise to your expectations remember at this point Esau had already sold his birthright Maybe Rebecca was trying to make sure Jacob could claim what was actually rightfully his. You sell something, that's it, no matter how little you sell it for. Some wrong steps were taken by all family members, but Rebecca was not this huge deceiver as we were taught. Eventually, though, due to Rebecca, the covenant goes to someone who could respect their birthright, and Jacob eventually will become Israel. Sometimes as the people of y'all, especially for those of you who are parents, we, you may do your best to help your children or you may do your best to help your students. You may do your best to help your friends live up to what you see y'all has for them. And yet these people will still mess up. But guess what? If y'all gave you a promise for your child, for your friend, for your student, for someone you're mentoring, it will eventually come to pass. Yes, Rachel has to send Jacob away to save his life, but Yah's promise does come to pass. Maybe your child is sent, was sent away to jail or far away in college. Maybe your child is across the country in college or university. But keep praying Yah's word over that child, and I, and I tell you it won't come back void. I have a funny um, story about seeing... Um, someone's destiny before they did and how sometimes you have to be like Miriam, mother of Yahshua and actually just hold in your heart what you see about someone instead of rushing to tell them that you saw it in my 20s I was hanging out we might have gone to a club so yes um, Only Love was not always doing practical Torah podcasts I had a life <laughs> as a young woman, as many. And you know how after you go to the club, you go to the spot to eat, and it's like a lot of people from whatever party or club you're coming from. This might have been in lower Manhattan. And some brothers sat down next to us, and one brother, um, you know, 
I could see that there was a destiny on him. And so I was still, you know, someone who was following, you know, the Bible. I would have considered myself born again. Now, why I was hanging out in certain places, that's a whole nother podcast. But um, I did have a, a prayer life and some discernment, but not enough discernment to know this was not the place to share that. And so I think, you know, maybe the brother was trying to talk to me on another level, but I couldn't hold it in. And I told him what I saw that y'all had for him. And he was like totally taken aback. And that story reminds me of Rebecca. Like sometimes we may see a destiny on someone and we want to push them into it. But you have to use discernment. Sometimes y'all will say, tell them what I showed you. And sometimes y'all will say, just ponder it in your heart. Like Mary and mother of Yahshua, pray for that person and it will come to pass. So I don't think Rebecca is a deceiver or a manipulator, but she's a protector of the covenant, just like Sarah, just like Rachel and Leah and all the matriarchs. It was Jacob who deceived, not Rebecca. Esau's clothes and hair represented manhood and doing, and that's what she was trying to get him to step into. And so as we come to the end of this week's Torah portion, let us remember to read what the Torah says, not what we've been taught it says. Let us remember that we have to use discernment when trying to encourage someone to walk in their destiny. Let us remember that we need to get a revelation from Yah, our Father, about what our identity is, so that when we're asked, who are you? We won't have to lie and say we're someone that we're not. And also note that the congregation I attend, Bethel, the House of Yahweh, has switched from a one-year Torah reading schedule to a three-year Torah reading schedule so that we can spend more time with the text. So in light of this, we will be following this schedule, which just means reading around one chapter of Torah per week instead of about three to four chapters, which was what we were doing previously. To obtain a copy of the one-year Torah reading schedule, you can email info at propheticworldwind.com, and I'll send you a copy. May Yah bless you and keep you. May Yah make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May Yah turn his face towards you and give you peace. Rebirth Radio is a project of Hebrew Nation Building, a ministry to awaken, restore, and prepare Yah's people. To learn more, visit rebirthofanation.info. To learn more about Prophetic Worldwind uncovering the black biblical destiny, visit propheticworldwind.com. And remember, if it ain't practical, it probably ain't Torah. Shalom.